Okay, so Grown Up Crazy bonus. And in answer to a question, so what is this space? So in the last podcast, the of Heaven and Hell, I mentioned that there's a place that we can stand that makes everything okay. And I now know that I need to clarify that because the current definitions of what being okay means are kind of askew from from the way it exists as far as I've seen it in the, the Growing Up Crazy moments, one of which that I addressed back in my Arizona podcast where I talk about a sublime state of grace that descends sometimes out of nowhere that just leaves me like just rolling in the aisles laughing primarily at myself. So just to try to flesh this out a little bit, there's what we think of as being okay depends on the, the bent of our character. A lot of times the upstream people think that what being okay are people that are, that are mostly concerned with upstream. And we're seeing this now with a lot of the spiritualist movements. People just want to feel good. They want to have their feel goods. They want to feel good at all time. Nothing but blissed out thoughts. They just want to be blissed out. And that's not, that's not what I'm referring to at all. There's no state in which you can remain blissed out 24-7 that I know of except for just being completely immersed in the white light. And then we're out of here. We're not in the physical. We're not in the what I call the astral anymore. The astral being there's a uh, a level of reality that's just composed of nothing but energy, and um, but as far as the physical and the astral goes, or the places between, as I usually call it, um, the place between is just like here. There's stuff eating stuff. <laughs> like it's a pretty much a mirror of the physical universe, and the physical universe is highly predatory. Um, really, just go out to your nature. If you don't understand that, you just haven't spent any time in nature. Yeah, funny side story. I remember I was talking to a woman. I just got back from Sedona. And she was like, oh, I was just in Sedona too. And I was like, oh, well, did you go see this place and this place and this place? She's like, well, no, no. But there was an energy vortex underneath the condo that we were having the retreat at that was just so powerful. And it's like, okay, yeah. You know, the earth is very much tied in to the upstream. It produces organisms that are very much tied into the upstream. Your, a lot of your your animals, you look around, you know, they're very much... I think during that recording, I was actually noticing a snake chasing a lizard. They have reflexes and abilities that we just sorely lack because they are totally in the now moment and they store a lot of their memories in their bodies and they just react that way. We are blessed with having a very highly developed downstream acuity of things, which lets us to do things like build the condos to keep the lions out and gunpowder to defend against the lions. But... Without that downstream, we would be in the thick of it as well as with everything else. And so, and that's what people think of as being okay when they're focused entirely on the downstream, is how do I create an environment in which I'm totally safe? And you're not. And that's the cosmic joke about the thing, is that you can never be completely safe because there's always something. We live in a physical universe and, and even the places between. It's a dynamic universe in which things are just bumping and slamming into each other, some consciously, mostly unconsciously. But that bumping and slamming and mashing around goes to make up what I call the great mystery or, or, or the ever-repeating fractal. You know, it's the change in the growth all based on free will. And the part of having free will is is it's completely inclusive. It, nothing's excluded. So you have a smorgasbord of everything concerning reality. And that's the nature of the universe that we live in. And so... And the issue that I find with the downstream-centered people thinking about the upstream is is they try to keep it almost childlike, almost infantile. So so a lot of the religions that we, we look at, it's, it's almost like an infantile approach to the upstream where we just want to be okay. And this is totally okay. This is completely natural. Because you think about when we were born, how, how did we learn the downstream? Well, we learned it from being taught. When we were children, we were completely dependent on our completely dependent on our parents and our elders and people to teach us downstream. We had to learn it until 
decades later, we grew to a point to where we feel like we had a handle on the downstream and could do it on our own. And then, uh, so we always have had a relationship with the downstream, and that relationship with the downstream has always matured and evolved. The problem with our society, or I won't even say it a problem, just the issue with our society, I believe, when it comes to the upstream, is we don't have that same approach to the upstream that we do in the downstream. We are very much downstream-centered, but if we had that same approach to the upstream, it would be the exact same pattern. We would start off as like this, this childlike um, entry into the upstream world where we really see the divine as almost like a parent to be provided for. And that's, that's why I say like the current problem with this whole wanting to just be blissed out at all times, I see that as a very infantile way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like I'm not poo-pooing religion. I'm not poo-pooing any of the religions. And even the one that I was brought up, not poo-pooing at all. I'm just saying that this is how I see the world is that, is that, if we were to progress to take on responsibility in that world, take on responsibility and relationship and agency in the upstream world, as we do, our relationship with the divine matures and evolves, and it becomes less infantile and more agency, more free will, more more interactive. The same way as the relationship we have with the downstream. Just just look at everything that we've done with the downstream. We've we've learned how to operate. We're now we feel like we're okay with it. Um, some people are able to step out there just on their own and embrace their own free will and embrace their own autonomy and embrace the responsibility that they have, which is simply being here. You know, it's all it's uh, taking the, they take the responsibility for their own downstream. Others don't. Some people just exist and really want to be told what to do. It's all just the question of how far you progress your relationship with that and how much agency you take. But the purpose of this world, if, if you step outside and take a look around, is just to deepen and develop these relationships and to take agency. So when I say a proper state of being in which one props up the other and then that creates a space that we can exist that makes everything okay, I don't mean that there's a space that we exist in to where we don't have to feel bad. That is a very juvenile, very infantile way of perceiving the world, very necessary way of perceiving the world. When we're born, we're exactly like that. This sucks. I'm going to cry. Somebody fix it. But the part of being here is moving past that, moving past that and moving into agency, moving into personal responsibility, moving into acceptance of the world as it is. And, you know, when we struggle with that, a lot of people definitely struggle with that. Because, I mean, if you do go out into nature, you can see that in this very moment that I'm speaking to you, most things die being eaten alive. That's that's the nature of our world. Like, there's the earth that produces these bodies that we incorporate. That's how it runs. That's how it be. That's how it's, it's set this whole thing up. And the body is intuitively attached to that. That's why what I said earlier in, in the heaven and hell, how the body is definitely much more tied into the earth's consciousness and the earth's consciousness is definitely much more tied into the upstream consciousness. Because your body actually, if you're able to have a conversation with your body, like I've had, your body actually doesn't care. It knows the time that it has allotted to it. And when it knows it is time to surrender, your body has no problem surrendering that life force. If you try to force it to surrender that life force, a moment earlier than it's ready to let go of, it'll fight you on it. And it will win. That's why the people that do off themselves, they have to use some irrevocable means or else the body will win. You know what I mean? They have to use a a weapon or things like that or, or just like something that the body cannot overcome. Because the body is tied into the earth, which is tied into this upstream process. And part of that is knowing when to let go. And it can surrender completely. Your body has absolutely no problem with dying. Our downstream consciousness is is what gets trips itself up and gets these problems and starts hating things and hating on things. And and we do it to ourselves in our downstream consciousness by, by being maladjusted in some way or some form. 
and I'm not, this is not a judgment whatsoever. This is just a critique. It is what it is. We all have these maladjustments. I do, you do. We all have them both with the upstream and the downstream. And, uh, but particularly in the downstream, because like I said, our society is so downstream uh, oriented. So what I mean by, by there is a place that we can operate that makes everything okay. There's a place that we can operate to where we take full responsibility for both our upstream and our downstream. We recognize that the end result is guaranteed already. So the movement that we have here, both in the physical and the 3D and the places between, both in the physical and the astral, is really a gift in which we're given agency. Like we relish when when we have both sides of our nature propping each other up, we relish the agency that we've been given. We relish it, like we enjoy it, we love it, we, we really do. I've said this in a previous podcast, it's kind of like it's kind of like if you had the winning lottery ticket that you were cashing in tomorrow and you knew 100% so you have it in your hand, you're cashing it in tomorrow. It would not matter if you got an eviction notice in the mail. You wouldn't give a fuck because you're holding the winning lottery ticket. Our, our upstream self knows it's holding the winning lottery ticket. That's one of the edges it has over the downstream self. And that's one of the problems the downstream self doesn't have that because it's, it's totally, can, you know, it's, it's totally... It learns to see everything in terms of a description, and since it can't describe the upstream, most of the time it just ignores it, you know, as if it doesn't exist. So when we get caught in that sort of loop, then we have all these doubts, all these fears, all these wonders, and that's what leaves the upstream side of our natures almost as a juvenile, because since it can't see it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And But when I say that there's a space that we can occupy, that space isn't just being blissed out. That space is having agency in what I would actually call kind of a fundamentally predatory world, um, but it's okay. It, it, we're on our toes. We have no problem with it. You know, we, When we have both propping up the other, we take the agency, we accept the responsibility, we revel in the consciousness, we, we thoroughly love and embrace everything that this life has to offer when it happens, and we take it all as a cosmic challenge that we know we're going to lose. But it's okay, because post that is just sublime grace and blissness when we return to the source and offer up the experiences that we've had. And that's the great mystery that moves in between these two things. And so people are looking for the upstream. In our contemporary society, people are looking for the upstream to just give them nothing but blissed out feelings. That's like trying to compose a ballad with only one note. It can't be done. Or, or a painting with only one color. It can't be done. You know, what, what are you trying to do? It's just, well, this, I call this bliss. Yeah, it looks like a canvas with just yellow on it, my friend. Like, you know, it's like, and that's, and, or, you know, the downstream of like, your 401k ain't keeping you from dying, you know, and it's not going to protect you, um, you know, from cancer. You know, it's like, it's, we, we bullshit ourselves constantly, and that's the laughter that encompasses when we do have access to both sides of our nature. That's why, I I believe, why it always begins with laughter. You know, that's why we have the laughing Buddha. That's what's hit me in rare moments in the park. That's why I go to the park is to experience those moments and and hopefully, like, lengthen them out. And, uh, and so, and that's what it is. That's that, that space where everything's okay. Complete responsibility, complete agency, complete autonomy, having a relationship with the forces much larger than you are, being a candle in the night and loving every minute of it. That's the place that we can occupy that makes everything okay, in my mind. And I know because I've had brief glimpses of it and and am in love with it, you know, want more of it. You know, when I say I want more of the divine, I don't mean I want, like, come pre- make everything okay. When I was a child, that's what I wanted. When I was a child, that is what I wanted. I wanted somebody to make it okay. 
you know, because that's what a child does. And it's okay to be like that. But we're here to move our relationship forward with all things. And part of moving that forward is coming to a space of maturity. And part of that coming to a space of maturity is accepting responsibility upstream and downstream and everything in between. All right. Cheers. Growing up crazy. I love you guys. Talk to you later. Ciao.